It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. It's Friday, Black Friday, the 13th of May for 2022. And in just a moment, Rich Harvey is here from propertybuyer.com.au. And we're going to be looking at what do you do as a property owner or investor in this changing market in relation to where we find ourselves in the current softening of the market. And is there an exit point to look at in terms of options? And coming up tomorrow, we're going to be looking at the Sydney auction market with Stu Benson, who is always busy across the weekends dealing with real estate and finding out what has happened in the auction market across the last seven days. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. Well, looking around the country weather-wise, firstly we go to Sydney expecting some rainy periods and a high of 22 degrees. Good morning to you if you're in Melbourne. Expect a possible shower with 19. Brisbane, rain possibly heavy also with 23 degrees. And in Perth, expecting one or two pieces of wet rain and a high today of 19 degrees. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey. And I've got a question for you this morning to mull over. Is there a little bit of panic seeping into Sydney and Melbourne's property markets? With interest rate rises, the increasing cost of living, the federal election nervousness and ongoing international challenges, has all of that converged to putting the brakes on last year's rapid price growth? Well, of course, it does present a catch-22 for owners, especially recent buyers. And they're asking themselves, and this might be you this morning, whether it's a smart move to take the profits by selling out now, or do you hold your nerve and wait for things to turn around? And to help talk this through, we are joined by Rich Harvey, the CEO of propertybuyer.com.au. Good morning, Rich. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. Good morning, Craig. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's such a good one to discuss because it is so topical with people in this juxta of position. So, Rich, what is your advice to people who decide to sell their properties at the first sign of a market downturn? Craig, I'd say to that sort of person is go and take a cold shower and look at the facts. If you look at the history of capital growth over many decades, going back to the early part of the century, you'll see that property has been a standout performer. It's a great store of wealth and it's created many, many millionaires over the years. But don't focus at the short term and don't be derailed just because of an interest rate rise, which is triggering a market correction. But also let me say that whatever you decide should be based on your own personal circumstances. So there are times in your life where it may be a death or a divorce or something where you do need to sell a property, but don't do it in a panic situation. Make sure you get the right advice. But that said, through my years of experience in real estate, I've seen the real money is made in not selling too soon, but holding for the long term. Because if you hold a property for the long term and go through those property cycles, That gives you as the homeowner or the investor the best opportunity to really grow your wealth. I know many property investors are simply impatient. They're hurry to make a fast buck. But property investment is actually boring. You've got a hole for the long term and that's where the real money's made. 
And it's all about holding your nerve. So let's look at the property cycles. What is your view of the traditional property market cycle? And also, is in reality, do these prices follow a cycle? Yeah, look, the property cycle is a, a theoretical construct where you have, you know, at 12 o'clock, you've got peak of the market, and then you've got a, a declining market, and then you've got a stabilizing market. And then the fourth quadrant from six to nine, you've got a growing market and then you've got a rising market. So it's this beautiful circular pattern. But as we know, the theory theory of economics doesn't always translate to practice. And there are some property markets that will shoot up really quickly. They'll flatline or go sideways for a period of time. And then they'll start another growth trajectory. Whereas other markets will fluctuate it up and down like a yo-yo. And those kind of markets are particularly like the mining towns, you know, like Murrinbar or or, Head, or Port Hedland or Caratha, for example, where property prices are very tied into the price of iron ore or coal or some other kind of commodity. The property market cycles do exist, but don't expect them to follow a perfectly linear pattern of seeing 6 or 7% growth per annum forever. The key thing that, that you've got to look at is this idea of long term. As I've said, markets do rise and fall over time, but the property markets have risen far more many times than they've fallen. So if you look at, for example, the Sydney property market and Sydney's median prices going right back to the early part of the century, you'll see that the the average capital growth rate has been between you know 7% to 9% per annum over that period of time. So there's going to be periods or tough periods where there's, tr- where there's troughs and it goes down, but then it soon bounces back. One thing I've learned is not to trust bank economist forecasts. They have a lot of data at their fingertips. But you remember when CBA came out at the beginning of the pandemic saying property prices could fall 30%. Well, that was in a worst case scenario. In fact, the complete opposite happened. You know, on the northern beaches of Sydney and other areas, they went up over 30%. So we're at a period now where, where the market is correcting. But it is important, as I say, for the principle of wealth is to hold and hold your nerve and hold for the longer term. And compound capital growth is another great talking point with this discussion, especially when it comes to the question, does it really work? And the second part to that is why suggest to investors to hold out for the long term? Yeah, well, look, this is the second principle about you know capital growth. It's holding, but it's also compounding. So by not selling your property you're going to be effectively reinvesting your capital gain back into the market every year, which sees the value of your property grow at an exponential rate. So I'll give you an example, Craig. Let's say you invest $500,000 into a property market and that grows at 5% per year. At the end of year one, you've got 525000 Now, next year, you're reinvesting not five hundred, but 525000 so at the end of year two, you've got $551,250, right? So really at the end of around 15 years, the market value of that property is going to be just shy of a million dollars. So you've almost doubled that property by holding it for an entire property cycle. So if you pick the right kind of property and the right location, you've got to get that combination right you can expect to see the value of your property double every 10 to 15 years. I think, you know, the old adage of property doubles every seven years is is no longer valid. 
I think it's going to be longer than that because we've finished a period of exceptionally low interest rates. So now it's even more important to be patient and hold your nerve for the long-term capital growth. But one more thing to add, Craig, is that the thing that's going to improve the investor's outcome in the coming years is the increase in rents. Vacancy rates are so low that the tenant demand for your investment property is going to be at an all-time high. So you're going to be getting better yield. So if I could just sum up this point about compound growth, it's a bit like the golden goose that lays the golden egg. And that golden egg is capital growth. So what I'm saying to the listeners out there, don't kill the golden goose. Yes, indeed. You know, it seems like such a natural thing to do, but why should people not sell at the peak of the market and take out the profits? Well, for the same reason. Even if you are attracted by selling out and realising those gains, where are you going to put your money? If you can reinvest your money into another venture that's going to make you more money, well and good. But just don't forget about the taxes and charges and in doing that transaction. So when it comes to selling a property, you are going to be up for capital gains tax if it's an investment property. If it's your own home, it's obviously exempt. But as an investor, you'll be paying agents fees, And then you've got to re-enter the market and pay all those those professional fees as well. So, you know, factor in at least a 5% turnaround cost if you're going to be doing that. And if you look at the numbers, it's actually more prudent to refinance, pull out the equity and recycle that equity gain that you've made. So that's the strategy I've adopted for my own portfolio, Craig. As soon as I've got some increased value in my property, whether it takes six months or, or two years to get that value, I go to my broker and I say, Mr. Broker, look, my property's gone from 600 to 650 or 600 to 800, whatever the number is. I'd like to refinance, hopefully get a better rate and also pull out that money to go and buy another property. And that's the way that I've grown my wealth. And many people too can overcomplicate the art of creating wealth for themselves in the first instance through property. But is there a secret to growing your wealth more successfully and probably more sustainably? Yeah, one fundamental that improves the upside of of any long-term strategy is buying the right home or the right investment in the first place. So it's about asset selection and the location of that asset. So if you buy in the right position that's got all the right drivers for growth, it's close to shops, schools, transport, it's got a a really attractive um, from owner-occupiers and it's it's got great um, amenities nearby and renters want to live there, then absolutely it's going to grow. And it's also about your perspective and your attitude to wealth. It's not just trying to buy one property and going, hey, this is just going to make me millions and millions of dollars and I retire off this one property. You've got to buy multiple properties and you've got to have the nerve, as I said before, to ride out these cycles. I think another way to look at it is one of the uh, the great brainiacs of the world, Albert Einstein. He says, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. So (laughs) from my perspective, if you're a landlord and you own properties, you are very much in the driver's seat to obtain that beautiful gift of compound growth. But if you're outside the market, well, then unfortunately, you'll be the one that's paying for it. 
Rich Harvey, I don't know how you get to sleep at night because you live, breathe, you eat property for breakfast, lunch and dinner. So there's quite a lot to take away from today's conversation. Thanks, Craig. It's always my pleasure. I mean, that's that's what my life is. It's all about helping people make better property decisions. But thanks again for being on the show. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 